This is Indian Noir. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 5 of His Night Begins. Vidard parked in front of the fuel station and tried to make a call from his mobile, but it was totally wrecked from the water in the field. He went to the outside toilet and checked his face in the mirror. It was just as he suspected, cuts and bruises, as if he had just finished a 12-round boxing match. He washed away the blood, and when it kept bleeding, he pressed paper towels on it, and held it there. He tried to wipe away the dirt and grime on his clothes, but it was of no use, because the thick mud from the field stuck to him with a vengeance. He didn't want his face on the petrol station's security camera, so he didn't go in. He walked to a motel opposite the gas station, on the other side of the highway. It was an old joint with a broken vacant rooms available board attached precariously to rusted metal poles. It didn't even have a name. The clerk, an old lady in a maxi, was fast asleep on her chair, her lips quivering and nostrils flaring as she snored. He couldn't find any cameras anywhere. Virat tapped on the table and the woman woke up with a startle and looked at him and let out a little scream. I had a little accident. I'm just on my way back from the hospital. Feel like resting for a bit before I drive home. Oh, you sure scared me looking like that. Are you okay? I mean, it looks bad. Do you need painkillers, love? Vidar doubted he was the first man to walk in here, looking all banged up. It was exactly the kind of joint men like him would choose to hide in. Thanks, just a single room. You sure? Doesn't look like they stitched you up well. I hate hospitals, and I have a fear of needles. Doesn't help. Oh, I'm a bit like that too. I hated it when I had to go in for my hip surgery, the woman said. My wife will be here in a few hours with clothes for me, Virat said, looking down at his dirty clothes. I can give you some, meanwhile, if you want. No, thank you. Your wife must be really worried. Virat smiled politely hoping she would just get on with it. The woman opened a weathered registry with the picture of a Hindu god on it. Any chance I could get covered parking? he asked. He was pretty sure the attack on the field was one of Ayer's men. Others could be driving around, looking for his vehicle. We have a garage at the back, 
but my car is in it. I can pay you extra. Oh, okay. Virat made a call to Nirmala from the public phone inside the office. He reached her voicemail. He gave her the address and the room number and told her she will need to bring the medical kit. Then he paused for a second and said, and also a change of clothes. He paid the woman and walked to the parking lot of the motel and watched his car parked across the road, near the petrol station, to check if anyone was snooping around. When he was convinced the coast was clear, Virat walked across the highway, started his car and drove it back to the motel's small garage. As he walked to the room, a man smoking a cigarette in the motel's car park whistled to him. Virat stopped. He was ready to pull his piece, if required. You are staying alone? The man asked him. What business is it of yours? Virat responded. The man wore a death metal t-shirt and stonewashed jeans. He had a French beard and the right side of his face was scarred. Oh yes, just checking if you are married, he said. Again, why do you care? Virat asked. I, I, I can organize some entertainment for you. Like what? Ah, uh, uh, girls, I have some young ones, if that's your taste. How young? Virat growled. The man looked around. He was spooked by Virat's tone. Oh, 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 oh nothing, no, nothing, forget it. The man skulked and exited the car park and crossed the highway hastily. Virat went to his room and threw his clothes in the bin and took a shower. He washed the dirt and the blood flow down the drain. The warm water falling on his skin felt good. His sore muscles needed it. The bleeding had thankfully stopped, but his headache was back again. Then he went to bed and lay there naked, watching the ceiling fan creak away. The heat and the pain lulled him to sleep. In his dream, he was at Anya's graduation party. She looked cute in her black gown and hat. Ravina was standing to the right of Anya. She looked stunning in an electric blue gown. Where is your brother? Virat asked Anya. There he is, she pointed. Praveen was in a corner, shooting up drugs into his vein. Virat lost his cool. He shouted at his son in front of the guests. Ravina, who was cheerful and chatty till then, made an angry face at him and walked out. Ravina, why are you being angry at me? He followed her. She exited the room and slammed the door behind. Virat raced to the door and turned the knob repeatedly with all his strength, but couldn't open it. 
You spoiled brat, he said, turning around. But his father had replaced his son. The old man was wearing brown pants with suspenders and a crisp white shirt and thick glass spectacles. He had a large cane in his left hand. Why don't you remove your shorts and turn around? His father said. Vidart started sweating. He looked around and the guests did not have faces. Anya stood in front of her cake, fearfully. Virat then turned to his father and said, I hate you. His father burst out laughing. He was standing in a pool of blood. You know whose blood this is, don't you? Yes, I do, Virat said. Why don't you join him as well? His father said with a cruel smile. Vidart picked up a chair next to him and walked deliberately towards his father. I'm going to smash your face in, just like you did to him. His father laughed louder. He was a small boy, you bastard, Vidart said, his voice tinged with rage and sadness. Vidart brought down the chair on his tormentor again and again but it passed through him as if he was made of air. The old man roared in delight. You might want to check on your daughter, he said. Vidal dropped the chair and turned around. He found Anya's severed head on the cake. A lighted candle was burning on top of her head. Virat tried to scream, but he couldn't. The people around him dissolved into darkness. A cold fear gripped his soul. Virat? Virat? He heard a voice calling out to him. He wasn't sure where it was coming from. The room was spinning. Virat? Virat, wake up! When Virat opened his eyes, Nirmala was standing over him with a concerned look on her face. She was wearing a blue tank top and black pants. A crocodile leather belt with a large buckle was wrapped tightly around her waist. Darling, what have you done to your face? Vidat sat upon the bed in a hurry. Sleeping naked without locking the door. Oh, shit, Vidat said. Anyone could have walked in and blown his brains to bits. How are you? How are you? Vidat asked. You're asking me? Nirmala said. You look like shit. Tell me about it, 
Virat said, cracking a rare smile. It hurt to even smile. I am not going to ask you what happened, Nirmala said. You know that is the rule, Virat responded. Yet I have come running to look after you, she said. I will call someone else, Virat said, reaching for the phone. Nirmala put both her hands on his shoulder and gave him a stern look. Don't be like that. Virat lay down on the bed. Nirmala opened her medical kit and cleaned his wounds and stitched them. Virat didn't wince even once. He lay, watching Nirmala, running his hands gently over her sharp features. Do you have any ice in the fridge by any chance? She asked. Virat nodded. He headed to the windows and checked the surroundings for any activity. Quiet. Nothing unusual. He had made a mental note of the cars parked in the lot. Nirmala's was the only new one. When he was satisfied, he checked the door and locked it properly. Then he grabbed some ice. and wrapped it in a thin towel and pressed it against his face. Look at my bag, Nirmala said with a smile. Virat found a small bottle of Jack Daniels. A woman who knows my heart, he said. Just the right medicine for you. Virat grabbed his gun and approached the bed with deliberate steps and sat next to her. He gently kissed her on the cheek. Is that for the whiskey? she asked. He pointed to his facial wounds with the barrel of the gun. Thank you. She landed a soft kiss on his lips. He placed his gun under the pillow. Virat ran his hands on her thighs. You are so naughty. Half of your face is smashed in, and this is all you can think of, Nirmala said. I'm just giving you what you want, he said. And what do I want? Nirmala asked. Virat kissed the side of her neck and ran his hands on her back. She took his scent in, masculine and bloody. They kissed each other passionately, like it was the last time they would be together. He helped her undress and threw her clothes in a pile on the top of the small couch. I want you, she said. She climbed on him and took his manhood in her. She rode him slowly, relishing the pleasure. Virat watched her toned olive body move up and down on him, her breasts rising and falling, her hair flailing in the air. He couldn't help thinking she was his salvation. When she came hard, he hugged her tightly and contained her moans, his heart beating wildly. He didn't want the night to end. He needed her to keep his nightmares away. As they made love, he kept an eye on the windows, always checking, always ready to pull his gun.